Hello and welcome to this Monday morning edition of the podcast, and I hope you are ready to jump into the Word of God this morning. Today, we are back in Psalm chapter number 9, Psalm 9. We finished through verse 10 on Friday, and I'm going to start reading in verse 10 again. The Bible says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. And then verse number 11 is where we're picking it up today. It says, Sing praises to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. Do you know what I notice here? That we are to sing to the Lord. And I don't want to gloss over exactly where that verse is, where it says sing. It's right after, if you look in verse number 10 of Psalm 9, it says, Thou hast not forsaken them that seek thee, sing praises to the Lord. You see, whenever you're seeking God, you will want to sing to the Lord. The closer you get to the Lord, the more you love to sing to him. I've met people who didn't really think they could sing very well, and maybe they might be right, but that didn't stop them from singing because they love the Lord. And the closer you get to the Lord, the better you see him, the more you want to sing to him. Then if you keep reading in verse 10, it says, um, verse number 11, sing praise to the Lord, which dwelleth in Zion, declare among the people his doings. You see that? Declare his doings. If you would like to get to be a better witness, uh, be more experienced at sharing your faith with people, maybe in the workplace, people you know, the best way to do that is not necessarily to go take a seminar and some classes on how to share your faith, although those are great. I've taken those, maybe get a book on how to lead somebody to the Lord. That's great. But to really have that passion and zeal and boldness to share your faith with somebody, the best way you can help yourself with that is to spend more time with God. Because as you seek the Lord, you will not help but praise God in song and to declare among the people his doings. You'll want to tell everybody about the Lord. You can't help it because your heart is overflowing with who the Lord is and what he has done. What will drive you to tell the world about Jesus is spending time alone with Jesus in private and in seeking to do his will as he has revealed in his word. Verse number 12, it says, When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Now that's an interesting verse. What does that mean, he maketh inquisition for blood? So an inquisition is perhaps to ask a question, or you go before Congress, they make an inquisition into a certain event. In Genesis 4.10, God asked Cain what he had done to Abel, because Abel's blood cried out to God from the ground. Now, you know what God did there? He made inquisition for blood. He looked into it. He was asking about it. And so when we read in verse 12 of Psalm 9, when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. And it's just another praise to the Lord that God doesn't forget about any injustice. He takes care of it. He does. Praise the Lord. Verse number 13, have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, 
that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. He says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. He's saying, help me, Lord, because I cannot help myself. Lord, bend down low and help me. Man, that's what we all need. Every single one of us needs mercy. If we got what we deserved, we would all get an eternity in a lake of fire for our sin. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying if you really are looking for what you deserve, you are looking for eternal punishment for your sin. All I crave is mercy. Amen. I'm looking for mercy. And David said, even while he's asking to be vindicated and helped, he's saying, have mercy upon me, O Lord. And he says, consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. There will always be people that are against you for whatever reason, but you have to make sure that, first of all, you're doing right. And after that, you just got to leave it in God's hands and God will deal with it. I feel very comfortable when I'm on the side of the word of God. It might be uncomfortable because of situations or circumstances or what uh, things might be said, but I have a deep abiding peace from the Holy Spirit of God when I am obeying his word. There is no obedience to God outside of obedience to the word of God. And he says, consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. And I want you to notice the end of verse 13 of Psalm 9 on into verse 14. It says, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion, I will rejoice in thy salvation. You see that contrast in gates, G-A-T-E-S, gates, verse 13, the Lord lifts him up from the gates of death. And then he takes him, the Lord does this, he takes David and he puts him in the gates of the daughter of Zion, the gates of Jerusalem, the gates where David lived and worshiped and led. He says, when you do this, Lord, I will go right to the gates of the daughter of Zion that I'll show forth thy praise. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The gates of a city were an important place. It was where business was conducted, where announcements were made. And he's saying here, Lord, you're going to deliver me so I can tell everybody about it in the gates of the city. My occasion for uh, rejoicing will be in thy salvation or saving me that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates. I'm going to rejoice in thy deliverance, Lord. And here's what he'll talk about. He's going to talk about how God has got it all together. God is in control. God is just. God is always good. Verse 15 says, The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they have made. We talked about that principle. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. Meaning that the person that dug that pit for somebody else, they're sinking down in it themselves. The person that laid a net for the harm of somebody else, they got caught in that net themselves. So he's saying, hey, here's what I'm worshiping God for in the gates. Here's what I'm telling everybody about. Here's the name that I'm declaring. Here's what you've done, Lord. You have taken care of that of the heathen, of that person who was being oppressive, oppressing. You've got it, Lord. Verse 16, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. I like that phrase, how the Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. God is not just good because of his nature, but his actions prove it. 
Now, his actions are an outworking of his very nature. You can't go against his nature, of course, but it's not just that God is good in an abstract way, but you can see God is good. It's not just, oh, yes, God is just. You can see that God is just. Everything about God is worthy of praise. God is just because he acts justly. That means that anything and everything that God does is a is an expression, an exhibition, approving of his nature, and it is good. These last two words of verse 16 are Higeon Sila. Higeon Sila. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Well, everything in the word of God has meaning. Every word, my friends, you've got to pay attention to in the Bible. There's nothing frivolous or negotiable or unnecessary, nothing to gloss over, no filler words in the Bible. Higgion is a musical interlude. It means that some music should be played there so you can think about it because the next word is sila. And sila means stop and think of that. How about that? That's a good thing to put where you see sila. How about that? And so there's a little interlude of music, just some instruments playing there while we stop singing. That's what that means. Hikeon, sila. Think of that. So because he says that, let's read it one more time. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Amen. Verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. You and I have to constantly remind ourselves that everyone who rejects the Lord will spend an eternity in hell. And that's not something that we're glad about. It's something that drives us to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord so we can be an effective witness as we tell people face-to-face about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the wicked shall be turned into hell. All the nations that forget God, God will forget them and cast them into the lake of fire one day. We see that at the end of Revelation. Verse 18, for the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. We talked about contrast of gates. Look at the contrast between verse 17 and 18. The needy and poor are not forgotten, but the wicked and those that forget God are forgotten. While the wicked may forget God, God never forgets those whom the wicked have oppressed. Isn't that comforting? The way these verses are are laid out, when it says the needy shall not always be forgotten, the expectation of the poor shall not perish forever, it's implying that they are needy and poor because of the oppressor, because of the wicked. Verse number 19 says, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Second Peter 2.9 says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations or trials, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Verse number 20, the last verse of the chapter says, Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. Think of that. The best of men are men at best. These mighty nations, these mighty empires, those that have forgotten God and think they can do it all themselves, those that have forgotten God, perhaps in the local church and tried to reinvent it with their own imaginations and their own best guess and opinions, you know, put us in mind, Lord, that we are but men. We're just men. 
Every one of us, the best we could come up with, apart from the Lord, we're just men. We're but men, puny man. And the psalmist here is saying, let these mighty nations who try to prevail against you understand that they are mere men. And because of that, I need mercy. You need mercy. I thank God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, in mercy to die for our sins on the cross, to shed his perfect blood, to rise again the third day. And by mercy, he made the way for us to be saved by grace, through faith in the Son of God, his death, burial, and resurrection. I couldn't get to heaven on my own, nor could you, because we're just people. But thank God for his unspeakable gift. Lord, I pray that you would bless the listener today. Help us to remember that we're but men. Help us to sing to the Lord. Help us to declare your doings among the people. In Jesus' name, amen.